Welcome to Nameless Debate Radio, where radioactivity is contagious. You can join us in broadening our minds on the Nameless Debates Discord via the link below, and even feature here yourself, if you've got what it takes. If, if we're not if we're not doing the last topic, I have a I have a point for it. What? What? If, if if we end up scrapping the last topic, I do have a point for it. Scrapping and do even if I do argue against myself, I'm gonna talk. I didn't fucking write notes to not fucking say them. Yeah. Okay, so how about for the last topic, we make it a discussion and people can chime in, and then yeah. it doesn't have to be timed, but it's going to be a twenty-minute discussion. And at twenty minutes, I'm going to call time because uh, I, I really have to go after twenty minutes. Hell yeah. Okay. Okay. That lets me expand it into more into more provocative territory. <laughs> I, I, I have a, I have a point. Can I can I open? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Okay, so I think that two two of the um, main things that we have gotten from modern medicine, uh, one of them is the genetic testing of fetuses, and one of them is abortion. And through the combination of these two things, we'll often um, terminate terminate a pregnancy if the I don't want to say the child is defective, but <laughs> if, if there are if there are like serious issues that could lead to like poor development of that child then we will uh just cancel it all together wow let's touch on cancel culture um (laughs) yeah yeah so the the child will be cancelled and then that will actually ensure that that person with the weaker genetics never reproduces thus strengthening the gene pool i mean that doesn't that take for granted the proposition though um so what uh, I can. Be- I basically have that. That's one of my points. Um, so I'm, I'm going to restate it. Uh, on its face, the proposition seems almost undeniable, considering that no Western country that I know of has an established eugenics program. Though we do offer certain types of testing, for instance, the Harmony test, which checks for common cr- chromosomal abnormalities such as Down syndrome. Of course, it's still up to the parent if they want to continue, if they want to continue or terminate the pregnancy, and if that child does grow up they're totally entitled to breed, which straightforwardly perpetuates defective genes. Though Down specifically is not hereditary, many other such conditions are. Uh, more broadly, if we accept that there are certain features which contribute to the fitness of the organism that are, are genetic and hereditary, then the inverse must also be true, that there are certain genetically determined characteristics that detriment the fitness or the capacity to survive of a life form, and that and the advances of modern medicine, especially in the last 200 years, have significantly aided in the survival of organisms, mostly humans, but even other animals, that would otherwise have died. Because we, I mean, we, we have sophisticated ways of basically bringing you back to life in, from a state that if, if not for this technology, you would be dead. Well, Nano here and sort of be like, well, yes, but then also modern medicine does have the provisions for you to like not continue with like, like, as he said, like a baby that is that yeah. does have defective genes it's so like so wait so you support the proposition right that it that modern medicine does support the persistence of bad genes yeah definitely i mean right. just, i'm an example i am an example i have a heart condition now that heart condition could technically have killed me randomly at some point in my life but i mean it was detected and i have a an icd in my chest right so that won't happen okay, but- now. 
But the thing what is I'm that I'm, I would pass on that heart condition to my children, right? And but, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't happen if I died. Yes, but then what I want to ask is like, is that medicine's fault is, or is that more like an ethics question? I mean, your parents could have chosen to not give you the ICD. No, hang on, hang on. The parents could have chosen to not give you the ICD. Parents can so choose parents, to abort. Wait, fin let me finish. Parents, parents can shush. Oh my God, let me, let me make my point. Like parents can make the choice to like abort babies that have Down, Down syndrome, but they don't do it. Like do, generally. 80 percent of the people who use the harmony test who discover that they have a baby with a chromosomal abnormality terminate the pregnancy okay so if they do terminate the pregnancy then how is the modern medicine like oh because, because I, i'm an example of how because my condition isn't the sort of thing you can detect with a chromosomal test which is kind of we only have like a limited range of testing basically we don't understand much about genetics so we can only test for certain things my condition isn't one of the things that you can test the genes of the baby for and my condition is an example of so and so like first of all my parents didn't put the icd and that happened like a year or two ago um but the point is that if i were to die randomly before i reproduced that would like be nature's way of ensuring that the defect in my genes did not proliferate whereas modern medicine has come along and put an electronic device in my chest that will shock my heart if it's not working properly i mean you can also not have children but I could, but I yeah. don't. So what do you got? You know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean. So you you want to have children, knowing the fact that you have like a and like a genetic condition. Yeah. You you want to have children, knowing that. But then you argue that it's medicine's fault that it's bad. That it's a bad gene. <laughs> when did you learn that on It's medicine's fault. <laughs> well, yeah. You you did say that we don't know much about genetics. I think obviously we would know a lot less without modern medicine. But we know enough to develop a technology called. CRISPR, which can be used to edit genes, which can be used to, you know, stick these things out yeah. of the room. I'm aware. We cannot hear you, Rich. So, yeah, there are people that have conditions that modern science has not detected. And obviously, uh, you know, that's not going to do anything. But as our as modern science increases, we're on this upward trend towards understanding more. Yeah, we're able yeah, to okay. we're, 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 we're actually developing the capability to edit these things to prevent them. I'd like to ask you a question to clarify the premise here, okay? So is the, is the proposition just that um, modern medicine has enabled there to be cases in which someone with a genetic default that could, uh, a defect that could, would have died otherwise to live? Or is it that, like, I'll make, this a, is I'll make it stronger, I'll make a stronger case. The, the modern medicine as it stands today has perpetuated many genetic lines that in nature would have petered out for good reasons. Okay, sure. But like, are we just saying that this is something that happens with modern medicine or is, are we saying this is like, uh, this is the it's common... Very, it's an extremely prominent effect of modern medicine. Right, but like, are we saying that like the the um, majority of interactions with medicine are such that they're addressing these kinds of defaults, or are we just saying this is one thing one thing that happens from the result of medicine? One thing. Okay, that cool. Happens. Thank you. Well, like I said, uh, yeah, I, I don't think you. I, I agree with that. You can't you can't really contest that. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean that's what I said. I said the proposition proposition seems like undeniable, really, because all you have to do is accept that medicine is good for helping people 
who have a bad, you know, a worse chance of surviving, survive sickness and shit, and bam, you've got proliferation oh, of bad genes. That's not what, that's not what the proposition says. Though. The proposition says that modern medicine supports the persistence of bad genes of the human yes. genes, thus exposing there are countervailing uh, aspects of modern medicine that there, do there not have a common technology. That's, that's, wait, wait, think, okay, uh, I think you guys are missing the point here, right? So just because there are other things that people can do that to, to have the um, condition still peter out doesn't mean that modern medicine doesn't contribute to it, right? We're yeah, just looking at whether or not modern medicine itself, by itself, with no, nothing nope. else involved, contributes it's to these things. I think I think what Hyde's saying is that modern medicine that's up and coming, which is like CRISPR, right? That's not something we currently know how to use properly. Like I said, we don't understand a lot of, a lot about genetics, but sure, you know, in the next hundred years, the state of modern medicine might change so that it no longer does this, but currently it does. I was also I was also because it's kind of like, I felt like I was kind of missing the point. Like, it was kind of like, it's not whether or not there are other things we can do to not pass on the genetic conditions. It's about whether or not, uh, me you know, medicine does so. I would interpret the proposition oh, cool. as talking about the whole of looking at all the facts of whether modern medicine as a practice supports, you know, the, the weakening of the gene pool or the, or non-weakening non of the gene pool. Otherwise, if you're talking about are there elements of modern medicine that you, do lead to the, you know, gene bat or genes that would not otherwise naturally be selected for uh, maintaining, then that seems like a vacuous statement. Um, but if you take it uh, in this other way, and it is syntactically ambiguous, so I guess you could argue that you should take it either way. Um, then if you take it the more interesting way, then I think you do have to weigh the relative benefits of modern medicine to towards the gene pool. And then you have to weigh the deleterious effects that it could possibly have on the gene pool. Ava, I feel I like that's kind of missing the point. Yeah, I mean, I think your interpretation is probably more interesting, Hyde, but it's not exactly what it's asking in my mind. I think it's tactically ambiguous. It could be talking about either one, or no, semantically ambiguous. It could be talking about either one. Uh, I think one's a fairly vacuous statement. I think that the other. I don't think it is ambiguous. I think that the context of the statement is ambiguous, such yeah. that you can make a, a an argument about what. You can conjecture context, right, and say it's ambiguous because it isn't the context, since I have another context, isn't clear. But in my mind, there's a native context to the question, which is just, is it true or false? Well, take, take this analog. Modern medicine supports the pain of children re um, receiving shots or something like that. Like, is there a bit of pain in the thought? Yeah, but the thought is, is that pain will be overall pervaded by preventing illnesses. I mean, like a, an, an unfair way to frame it because it's not the pain of children receiving shots. It would be something like, does modern medicine or specifically does, do vaccines cause children more harm than they do good, right? That's what you're essentially evaluating in your mind. That's just the parallel to your example. No, I, I, I'm trying to sub in this language so that we can look at, uh, you know, the an example. example that you made was, whether or not it, you would have to weigh, you said you would have to weigh up the deleterious. I'm not actually familiar with that word. What does that mean? Bad or harmful? Okay. Uh, yeah, those effects with what uh, what it what it provides. So the parallel example would be the same. I mean, the same structure. I think it's all of the above, right? Like I think that there are some aspects of modern medicine that do contribute to 
the weakening of the gene pool, and there are other aspects that have the opposite effect. Like you need to you look need at specific as you need to look at you, like you can't just say medicine as like like you can say yes, medicine as a whole does have some aspects that contribute to the weakening of the gene pool, but that's only half the picture. I would also posit that since this is construed as a discussion as opposed to a debate, if we if we think that the proposition one one phrasing of this proposition is vacuous, and is there anyone that doesn't think that if we interpret, I think it's semantically ambiguous, but I think that this uh, this uh, okay, how about this? Oh yeah, I'll see you that it's vacuous. Vacuous in the way that there's a native context, that interpretation is vacuous, as it's obviously true. I'll, I'll agree. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, does anyone disagree with that? Because if anyone does uh, disagree with that, then feel free to have that conversation. If not, I propose that we, is, we adopt is, the, no, the more... No, I actually, when I... When I... Say what? What's the difference between something being vacuous and it being trivial? Not, not, on, nothing. Wait, before you start that, uh, I'm just going to say that, like, you guys can continue, but I really have to go and do laundry because I don't have clean clothes, so... Um, I'm going to leave, but thank you for coming okay. to the event. Bye. I'm going to go take a shower. Bye. Bye. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm essentially using vacuous as a, as a synonym for trivial in this sense. I like having no uh, real substantive content to discuss. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. Yeah. So then, so if we look at this and modern medicine supports the persistence of bad genes in the human gene pool, uh, like if we look at, you know, the totality of whether uh, this practice supports this, like we look at the end effects of it. I think that then that's, you know, we, we've talked about how there is on one side, modern medicine keeps people alive. Um, uh, I think that maybe we can we can talk about you know what is considered a weakened genetic makeup. Is that a genetic makeup uh, that is just less likely to be uh, successful and under natural selection pressures, or is that some sort of like normative statement saying hey these genes are weaker? Because I think that you know you take one person's genes in one environment, mm -hmm. they may not necessarily be weaker in another environment. Uh, so talking about whether genes are uh, genetic makeups are weaker or not than the others, there, there might be some discussion around there. But I think that the conversation- well, I mean, Obviously it's like to our normal like environment, like the environment most of us live in, right? Like, you know, so I kind of agree with you that like um, genetics is kind of like the, uh, the real life version of like, it's not a bug, it's a feature, right? Like, you know, you basically have a bunch of random things happen and then like things that are good enough to stick around, right? But like, when we see like a defect, clearly we mean things that are not operating like the way that uh, or like that we expect. Yeah, and so I think we would need some sort of data as to like how many of these people that might have Down syndrome or uh, that have been aborted or something like that, or how how many uh, of P these conditions are able to be successfully treated with like CRISPR technology. Um, uh, relative to the you know the the weakened genetic makeup of people living although i would argue that people generally living the longer you live the more likely you you're able to procreate and contribute to genetic diversity which is usually a beneficial thing for uh you know resilience to environments can, can uh, i make a comment yes and no sure so like i've 
like first of all like natural select if you're if you want to see like a significant change in the gene pool due to natural selection you're gonna have to wait for thousands of years and so the, this idea that the that medicine is going to weaken the, hum, the human genome is assuming that we're going to have modern medicine over geologic time scales but then at the same time um like um yeah like like with genetic engineering um, the, 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 our, our actual future, if medicine persists, is that the human genome will just become a product of technology that can be arbitrarily edited. And so, and so um, we, we will go from being animals subject to natural selection to having um, every aspect of our biology being some sort of information technology. And so, like, like modern medicine is rather than weakening our our gene pool, it's going to sort of liberate us from from Darwinian natural selection, and also like this idea of like of like good versus bad genes, like from the perspective of evolution, a good gene is just something that re that that results in pregnancy and then and then and then the 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 baby surviving. I mean, like probably like like the kind of the kind of adaptation I would see is men would start having like an adaptation where their penises break condoms that that's the kind of thing you'd expect mother nature to do to us is like the the, the biggest thing that's preventing us from reproducing right now is contraception or, or dude or it just makes it so that guys uh, don't want to wear condoms oh wait well, I mean, like, like you could you could have something where like like the like the, like the penis like secretes some sort of oily substance that causes condoms to break. I think instincts point earlier though was something along the lines of yeah, CRISPR is going to allow us uh, these types of gene editing or ability to absolve ourselves yeah. of the the conditions that would weaken our gene pool. But right now, modern medicine, not future medicine. Uh, the, it, that's not one scalable and is only even though it's already being done it's only being done in like clinical studies or yeah. possibly for the very rich um <laughs> that that are able to do whatever the fuck they want so yeah that, that but, yeah but the thing is evolution acts too slowly for this to be an issue so like like this this won't become a problem until we have had medicine for thousands of years in before coronavirus <laughs> fucking mutates and wipes us out <laughs> Yeah, I mean, is the concern that that we're going to have freely available um, um, medical care for uh, over the next several eons, or what? I mean, that, I, I, I think that's another thing. That interestingly, when we talked earlier about the first, there's all these other different threats to us actually being able to make it to that point. I mean, like we can. Um... It can still be the case that, like you know, it takes a long time for natural selection to occur, and and it also be the case that like uh, modern medicine is still contributing to the weakening of the gene pool, right? Like the weakening of the gene pool can be as simple as you know a uh, like a, a genetic defect passing. On. And it could be something that might be like perceptible eons from now, but if we take some sort of gradation. Uh, of say it takes you know four millennia for these these changes just an arbitrary number uh that doesn't mean that you know day five that this four millennia uh, long process has not already started and that this this degradation has not already uh, been initiated and you know point a versus point a1 by the time you get to point z four millennia from now that doesn't mean that point a1 which is after point a doesn't already have this degradation present like I, I will admit that like like the like the invention of like insulin 
like being used to treat diabetes is actually invented um, insulin dependence uh, diabetics. And so before we were able to manufacture uh, penicillin, uh, sorry, before we were able to manufacture insulin like that, like if you became insulin dependent diabetic, you'd just be dead. There was just no such like thing as insulin dependent diabetics. You'd You'd just be a diabetic who doesn't need insulin or dead, right? And so you do see people being alive who wouldn't have otherwise been alive. So, like, I guess that can be a good or a bad thing, depending on what your opinion is, I suppose. Uh, I I, I, I will bring forward, though, that, you know, um, a a lot of the complications that we do see in genes uh, occur um, more later in life after reproduction has already been done. Um, So as much as they do kind of spread let's just say like a genome that is um not the best there's they will still be spread because in a natural setting people usually do reproduce at a very young age um you know around let's say around 20 let's say that way but most problems happen after 20 like around you know 30 40s so a lot of the things that we think about when we think about bad genes mm. aren't really not not that they're not relevant, but it's just that in a natural setting, they will still be able to you know be passed because they yeah. show up later in life. If that makes sense. Another thing, another thing I kind of wanted to point out is like natural selection is not your friend. Natural selection doesn't care about your happiness or how or how fulfilling your life is. Like, imagine, imagine if, um, like, like, for example, the poorer you are, the less money you have access to, the less access to education you have, uh, the less access to healthcare you have, the more likely you are to accidentally get someone pregnant. And so natural selection might like you to be poor. I, I don't know if there's any genes that, like, correlated with not having wealth, but... Like if there are natural selection, might might favor it. Like natural selection wants you to make babies and raise those babies and have those babies make babies. It doesn't care if you're enjoying your life, unless of course enjoying well, your I life think, progressively think, with reproduction, in which yeah. case it does. Actually, though, there's an yeah. inverse relationship there. Uh, there's lots of uh, studies to show that if you live in a poverty-stricken country and, you know, there's not a lot that you can do about that kind of thing, you know, that your life isn't, your quality of uh, life isn't great, you tend to have a high reproductive rate. Because yeah. you take solace in your family. Yeah. Mm. And also, yeah, and also so your kids, um, your kids um, die The reason that we get, we get old and we die is because there's no selective pressure favoring longevity like that and and so like like basically like like uh it like we live long enough to be parents to raise our kids and we might even live long enough to help our kids raise their kids to be good grandparents but it's almost as if um like like an, an old person is just some sort of like leftover uh body that is done reproducing but hasn't died yet old, old people are just human raisins hmm. 
And, and so I would like to see genetic engineering being used not to increase our probability of survival, but and reproduction. I'd like to see genetic engineering being used to improve the quality of our lives in ways that natural selection doesn't necessarily care about. Such as triggering a kill switch on your 40th birthday, thus solving the problem of old people not reproducing. Triggering what? <laughs> that was memeing. Triggering on your 40th birthday. Yeah, I'd be I mean, actually be interested I mean, because my understanding is that, you know, less educated uh, populations, which are uh, differentially more likely to be higher socioeconomic classes eventually, uh, are choosing to have less. So I actually would wonder if there would be a correlation between, uh, you know, poor people and, you know, having more kids and the propagation of genes that way. I'd also say that the we have actually identified the genes that are correlated with higher wealth. They're the orange ones. Um, yeah, so but, there uh, might there might turn out to be a gene that's associated with being bad at managing your money, and it turns out to be the most successful mutation in human history. Uh, that said, boys, uh, this is good to, good discussion. I think that we actually passed the twenty minute mark. That I've... yeah, but Ava's gone, so that's the reason she's had the twenty minute mark. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna duck out though. Uh, but yeah, great great event. I'll catch you guys later. Yeah, so I, with respect to the um, to the gene that would make people bad at managing their money, wouldn't that only uh, wouldn't that have some sort of ceiling on how effective it could be? Because if everyone is bad at managing their money, then like wouldn't um, I don't know, wouldn't money kind of start to fall apart and stuff? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a bell curve, right? You have to be bad at managing money, but not terrible, because you still need to survive. I feel like oh, he was no, making was a joke. Say... <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was making a joke. I don't even know if I'm joking. <laughs> well, I do find it interesting. I was going to say something like there would have to be some people that are still around that are good at to have stuff working or whatever. Like um, how, you know, with the, um, for lack of a better example, I guess, like the, um, the predator prey curves or whatever, like, you know, you know, you'd say, oh, okay, well, the genes that help, uh, you know, you like hunt your prey the best are going to, you know, uh, stick around the most. And it's like, okay, well, then you know, everyone gets those genes, then they hunt their prey to extinction, and then they all die. Well, that actually occurs in nature. Well, like, in nature, it's like, uh, the, the population is sort of capped by the... So, like, they, they never, but they never go to, never comes to the extent, well, it usually doesn't go to the extent such that, uh, they completely wipe out the prey. Or he's not the ones that are still around, do they? I remember there there was actually this this right wing theory saying that that liberals are R strategists while while conservatives are K strategists. And what R and K strategists is is a it's a concept in evolutionary biology where an example of like an R strategist would be something like 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 an insect or like a rabbit or something where they have lots of low-quality offspring that are likely to die, but they just start spamming um, offspring in the hopes that some of them will be successful. A case strategist would be something more like a human or an elephant that have long gestation periods. It takes a long time for their, for their offspring to grow up, but they put high um, parental investment into their offspring um, right. with long so lifespans. Are they both supposed to be right? the R1? 
Are liberals and so yeah, liberals are like liberals were like according to this this conservative theory, liberals are our strategists who have babies as much as possible, as frequently as possible, so the state can support them, and then they mostly die um, due to um, being um, in poverty and due to having liberal parents who are unable to take care of them. But then, that but then, conservatives are case strategists who only have like one or two kids, but they put a lot of parental investment in them, and they're more likely to survive, and they become upstanding members of society. And it was it, it was basically a way of sort of painting Democrats with a little bit of certain connotation, saying that like, oh, these are the people who have lots of kids so like, who are unlikely to so survive because like, because because like they have a different reproductive strategy and we're going to get overrun right. by them. I'm just right. trying to figure out if that's like empirically... Well, okay, first of all, they couldn't be overrun because the whole strategy would die. Uh, Secondly, you, I don't know if that's you, even like empirically... Uh, like the case because like wouldn't you expect like the more like sort of religious conservative families to be having more kids than the people that are you know not even sure if they want to get married and stuff like that and you know are waiting longer and that seems like a pretty poor thing like i mean the, I know this, it's the, like, the it's problem like with this is like that's not even how people behave um oh, like yeah, democrats yeah, actually general. care about their kids Oh yeah, sure. I just meant like, <laughs> from the standpoint of like having more kids versus having less kids. Is I would expect yeah. people that lean more conservative to have more kids. Uh, liberals. Yeah, that that's that is that is another thing. Yeah. Haven't you seen the Duggars? Like like what what what's what's the what's the political affiliation of the Duggars? Would you imagine if you're familiar with I them? I have no idea who they are. Okay, the Duggars are this family that basically. Their goal in life is to uh, have as many children as possible, and so there is this ultra-religious woman, like super, super Christian, who believes it is her goal in life to have as many babies as humanly possible, and she has like 10 or 15 kids, and she's basically turning one out one every nine months. One every nine months, and this this married couple actually work quite well together, where they basically have a whole system worked out where they buy things in bulk they they get their children to manufacture like 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 help like get the older children to help build a house and everything and it's almost as if they had so many children their family is turned into an economy like their family is turned into an economic force geared towards producing children micronation yeah John Factor. yeah this, this woman this woman's uterus has burst on micronation and She's guess what neighbor. guess guess what they love jesus they're conservative <laughs> she's the queen bee oh my god like i i'm afraid like the duggars are gonna like 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 seriously take over the world over the course of the next 200 years <laughs> because their kids also say that their goal in life is to have as many children as possible They should separate themselves from society like the Amish. Oh my god. They can, they can become the hyper-reproduction Amish. <laughs> <laughs> the Amish have gone airborne.
But but guess what? This is this isn't some sort of genetic thing. I think it was because that they they chose to do this. It was a deliberate decision on their part, influenced by culture, right? And so, like, no, like, I don't think that you're gonna see like. They aren't reproducing faster because of their genes. They're reproducing faster because um, some man and some woman got some sort of crazy idea in their head. Although there there were allegations of sexual abuse happening in that family, but let's not talk about that. <laughs> Even though I just brought it up, it, it's it, it, I I do find that family somewhat fascinating. Hey, can I ask a question? Yeah. Isn't it you know basic instinct to reproduce if possible? What's that? Isn't it basic instinct to reproduce as much as possible? Is what to produce as much as possible? I mean, that that that's sort of that's sort of the only thing natural selection really cares about. If that's what you're asking. Right. So then, why did you? Say I mean, even if it is an instinct, it doesn't seem to be a very strong one because most people peter out after about two kids. Well, the the, the thing is, is that um, um, contraception didn't exist for an evolutionarily significant amount of time, and so the reason that you see people like choosing to have a certain number of kids like basically like like this is like like the last well, I'm, 100 I'm 100 to 200 years is the that... first time in history that people have yeah. ever used family just, planning or had as many I'm kids as they decided the to have that they choose at all instead of yeah. just trying to pump them out kind of implies that like whatever instinct is, would drive people to have more kids isn't very strong yeah. So the the instinct is to want to have sex. The instinct isn't so much to deliberately become pregnant. The the, the so this this idea of pregnancy and sex being separate things is a very recent concept. Oh, okay. There, there are definitely and, and so, and so contraception has not been around for long enough for natural selection to influence human behavior. There, there are there are hormones that cause humans to want to reproduce, not just have sex. So, I'm not sure it's just wanting to have sex. You mean like pair bonding? Yeah, because because the the knowledge that sex makes babies isn't hardwired into us. Like, like, uh, like I've I've heard like like I think my mom was telling me stories about how like my great grandparents. They didn't know where babies came from until the, their fifth kid. Like they had to figure this out. Like, 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 imagine, like, imagine like a really sexually repressed couple where like no one had his sex talk with them. Like, like, imagine like, 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 like a a twenty five year old who has never had the sex talk and no one told him about any of this. And he's like, "Why does my wife keep on like getting pregnant? I have no idea why." Because he would he would have sex with his wife like, at night with their clothes on and never speak a word of it to a soul, even to her, and, and never mention it. And under those cultural conditions, they have no idea what make, where babies come from. Like, this, this, this is the kind of bullshit. 
that we've had to deal with in our evolutionary history. Like, like you're imagining In-sync. that our ancestors knew what they were doing. In sync. Wait, were they a part of a religious belief? Um, they were. I don't know. In Texas, they they they, they were in Texas 150 years ago. So you can kind of figure out <laughs> the oh. kind of mentality. You know where babies come from, though, right? <sighs> What's between that? The, like the between the ribs and the uh, tailbone. Right? That's from babies. <laughs> the harib. Every. Yeah, everyone knows that, dude. The seal in the house. Well, 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 a woman gets pregnant when she kisses lying down, right? So wait. I'm like, from eating too much fruit. And, and it doesn't work if, if you're standing up. Space. If the woman's in space, how do you determine if she's lying down? I didn't catch that. How, how many people have gotten pregnant in space, though? Let's be real. No, 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 but that doesn't matter. Like, so if a woman's in space and, like, you kiss her, how do you know if she's lying down? Or... She can't be lying down. She's in space. She can't get pregnant in space. Oh, okay. So, like, how many people have gotten oh, pregnant in space? Zero. Wait, so is this, like... Oh, I'm what type of questions are we asking now? This is like a major tangent zone. Yeah. Whatever you want, my dude. Like what I'm trying to say is that natural selection sort of like controls our desires in a lot of ways. It's not so much going to control complex behavior. Well, the problem. I, know, I, I, I actually, I, I'm gonna have to disagree on this. Natural selection is not some some entity that happens to us. It's more like. It, it doesn't happen. Natural selection doesn't happen to individuals. It happens to species. Yeah, yeah that's so true. Maybe, it happens to, pop, uh, like, it happens to they, populations. Yes. Yeah, the, yeah the that's true. Natural selection controls our behaviors or informs our yeah. decision. It's not natural. I, I, natural I, I, natural I, I, instincts I, I, is what affects individuals, not natural selection. Yeah, but I, 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 I would think that those instincts are. So, if you like me to become more rigorous in the way I'm saying this, then yeah. Um, I think natural selection actually is the outcome, right? Like, it's not like a natural selection isn't like the process that happens. It's like the outcome. The outcome. Okay, so it's the... it's it's a consequence of uh, like natural selection is more of a mathematical statement, right? It's a it's 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 more of a consequence of uh, like of well, uh, genes of having uh, some sort of statistically statistically significant impact on your likelihood to reproduce over time, right? Yeah. It's it's the consequences of like just, just laws of biology. But the th- the thing is is even even biologists are going to anthropomorphize um, evolution as sort of a way of of speaking using fewer words. And the the assumption is that everyone in the room knows that natural selection isn't some dude like a like like some fairy that comes along at night and waves its wand and gives you genetic mutations or whatever. Like I, I, I do realize that natural selection doesn't have any sort of intention or personality or anything like that. <laughs> what about unnatural selection? Uh, have you seen that Netflix series? Nope. Yeah, there, there was a Netflix series called Unnatural Selection. I'm guessing genetic modifications, right? 
I, I, I love the opening, the opening scene of Unnatural Selection, where there was some guy, there was some guy on a farm in the countryside, and the, the, the very first couple seconds of, of the show was this guy jerking off a dog to collect the dog's semen. And then he and then he he takes the, like a container with dog semen and goes into a shed and starts looking at under at it underneath a microscope and then starts like doing stuff with it and then he was explaining I'm trying to get a dog to go in the dark I'm using CRISPR a CRISPR kit I bought online. And and like it was <laughs> um the, the the entire series was talking about how um Genetic engineering is becoming something that can be done at home. Wait, so I can make my own cut go? Mm, yeah, I mean, you're gonna have to study it. Like, there, this, like there was this guy with only a high school education working towards getting a dog to go in the dark, and he he basically um, learned how to do it by watching YouTube videos. Well, we already have cats that glow in the dark. Yeah. Wait, so did he actually do it or not? I don't think he ever did it. Like he, he was he actually was genetically he was able to genetically modify the sperm cells to have the GFP gene. And it was actually being expressed in the sperm cells, but I don't know that he actually got a I don't know why, but he never actually got like an actual dog going in the dark. Well, if he did, I'm pretty sure we would have heard about it in in the whole scale of science for because of ethics. Um, yeah, I think, I think the would... ethics is probably the one a big factor in why he didn't do it. Let's see. Do we have any GFP dogs yet? Let's see. There are glow in the dark cats. Because Jared, like, it, it's crazy to think that right now the only the only thing really holding back genetics is our ethics. Yeah. Pretty much. Or else, I don't even want to know what we would have like accomplished so far. And I say accomplished. It, it, none of that is a good thing. <laughs> Okay, I just looked it up. We, we we actually do have a transgenic puppy, um, but he he glows green. He he glows red and not green. I'm not really satisfied because I like the green better. Yeah, the, the, I know that with the cats, they weren't even trying to make glow in the dark cats. They were trying to test something else, like to do with medicine, and then they like, yeah, they they made yeah, the cat, the, and they're like, hey, wait, why do they glow? Oh, okay. <laughs> No, so the, 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 a lot of times the, the, the green fluorescent protein or other or fluorescent proteins of other colors are used as an indicator to indicate that, that the, the genetic modification was successful. And, and so, uh, so like the, the, the fluorescence is often used as an indication that the other stuff you were trying to do also happened. Fair. I don't like genetics. Genetic like the, the the the, Wait, the classic strategy is having an antibiotic resistance gene attached to a, a gene for fluorescence, and also attached to the actual Wait, gene. How does that, that work? How do they like attach it such that they know that if one works, the other one has? To... Like genetics seems like something to be so complicated, you can never just you can't just attach them and then say, oh well, the other one has to be working. It's not like Legos. I can, I can explain how it's done in bacteria. I don't know how it's done in animals because I never really studied animals. I mostly studied bacteria. I can tell you how, how you can do it to bacteria without even using CRISPR. Yeah, like uh, we, we, we have some pretty dope technology in terms of um, modifying genetic code and even just like interacting with it. Like you, you have um, enzymes that have been printed so that way they like 
deconstruct the DNA of other things and then like substitute other parts out and then it like the the I can't remember what the things are that reassemble it back from RNA to DNA, but then they would just like reassemble itself and like you just mix the two together and then it just reacts and does the thing. I mean I, I could give you step I could give you step by step instructions on how to make your shit glow in the dark. Eat lots of glow sticks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, like, you it know, just reminded like, me of that video of that one dude who, like, fucking puts a glow stick in the microwave, then takes it out and, like, hasn't has noticed that it hasn't popped, so he pokes and then just pops and goes into his eyes, and the kids oh. <laughs> screaming. That's fucked up. Yeah, they showed that in my school, uh, during uh, one of the like safety, safety lab videos. What do you <laughs> well, that is a thing to show yeah I, I would say a safety lab video is probably like i don't think it's the best idea to make a safety lab video that makes breaking safety rules look awesome <laughs> no, I'm getting, I'm getting molten like glowing shit in your eyes doesn't sound very awesome to me no i think it sounds more cursed than awesome to be honest but I, I don't kink shame. I don't kink shame. Like, if this, if this, if this kid was using PPE, he would have been fine. <laughs> number his safety is number one priority. <laughs> Tell that to Marie Curie. <laughs> oh, too soon. <laughs> I have no idea who that is. You don't. You 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 know who Mary Curie is. Don't stop it. You know who she is. Who? Mary Curie. Yeah, that, that that's fake news. Think it's female scientists. I have no idea who that is. Lies. Uh, no, she's basically like one of the greatest scientists who ever lived. Who like discovered radiation or something, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna post. I'm just gonna post this. Maybe it's because of the way I'm saying it. But if she I say this, discovered you... like a radioactive element, and uh, but you know because she was working on it all the time without like protective equipment, she died. From so Marie Curie was radioactive uh -huh. superwoman. There was an accident in her lab where she was studying radiation, and it gave her superpowers of cell growth. What do you mean? And by cell growth, you mean cancer? Yeah, yeah. So Marie, Marie Curie um, was the woman who basically, like, she she advanced her understanding of atomic physics. Like, she was like one of the steps in in discovering like nuclear power and nuclear weapons and stuff like that. She was like she was like basically a really renowned nuclear physicist. Like, she basically like practically at invented the end she became the a nuclear weapons. Yeah, and she ended up dying because of her discoveries because like her experiments gave her cancer. I'm pretty sure that like it, you'll you'll like see you if you go look at her if you look her up I think you'll just be like oh yeah okay I've seen her before yeah sure. like my 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 dad's like a nuclear physicist and he has this like undying love and admiration for her yeah I have no idea who that is I looked her up no 
Um, maybe it's a thing like here, here in my, like in the schools, they, uh, they, they often talk about her. So maybe it's just cause I've seen her so much. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, you can't not know her, you know, <laughs> maybe it's just, it's, it's probably a me thing. Did I ever tell you guys the story of First this woman? First woman to win a Nobel Prize twice, damn. Oh, dude, Marie Curie is fucking lit. Oh, by the way, there was another woman who um, um, died of cancer because of her discoveries, and she was responsible for the discovery of DNA, the, the structure of DNA. I'm trying to remember who that was. Um, Rosalind Franklin. That was that's what it was. So Rosalind Franklin, um, like you, the so, uh, so basically we use X-ray crystallography to um, to discover the the structure of DNA. Rosalind Franklin um, actually discovered, like, it was the one who performed the lab experiments that produced the data that Watson and Crick used to. Uh, determine the structure of DNA, right? And so Watson and Crick never actually performed a science experiment. They um they were just using the data that Rosalind Franklin generated. And Rosalind Franklin died due to radi uh due to radiation exposure. And she would have gotten the Nobel Prize for um for for discovering the structure of DNA, but um, but they don't they don't award uh, Nobel prizes to dead people. They don't you can't get a Nobel prize posthumously. And that's basically the reason that she doesn't have a um um a a Nobel prize. But like if you have a female um, biology teacher, um like and they're talking about DNA, you can score points with her by talking about Rosalind Franklin. <laughs> but I, I I do think that biology tends to be one of those more female dominated fields. Uh... I used to think biology was dumb and gay, and then I revisited it in the last like month or two, and it's actually super interesting. <laughs> well, it's it's. it's... It's turning into an information technology. It's it, like like um, yeah. biology and maturing is a hard science these days. Back in the day, like like back during like the 1900s or, or like or 1800s, uh, a biologist was just some guy who walked in the forest with binoculars, uh, um, cataloging birds and insects. But now it's yeah, actually into a hard science. Yeah, that's and I'm actually considering reskilling from computer science into bioinformatics. Oh hell yeah! Because basically, like, genomics seems super cool because it's essentially like a huge multi-node like I wish organism running running all of the same code. It's like the 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 most complex multi-threaded computer, but like biological computer ever. And so programming with DNA sounds like cool shit to me. So here's here's my impression of people who do bioinformatics is like you're gonna have like a traditional biologist who's gonna be interested in how the genes work and and all that and the machinery of the cell. 
And then uh, someone who does bioinformatics is just like, don't know, don't care, data is data. And so they, 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 see, they see genetic sequence data, and they're just like, uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. This data. I'm going to treat this as data the way any other computer scientist would, right? That's going to be me. I'm literally going to just like a genetic code. You had me at code. Yeah. Yeah, and then basically they're like, this is genetic code, and then they start describing like the detailed like mechanisms inside the cell. And and the bio the bioinformatics guy was like, oh yeah, I quit listening after you said code. I know how to deal with data. <laughs> Pre Preceptrons can be used to insert code. Hell yeah, that's my in. That's my in. <laughs> yeah. No, what's yeah, no, what's it called? Yeah, that's that's what it's called, isn't it? What's that? Is it the? I'm even thinking of confusing with someone else. The, it's the the bit of um, DNA that is like self-replicating and carries the other. It's like um. Is it? And let me let me just double check my tongues. Oh, what's it called? Um, what's the code? What was the question? I know, I know, the, I know the computing equivalent, and and then the, you can extend it, and it it's got the same name as what it originally is called in um, genomics. So, like a, a a quine in computing is a program that prints its own source code. Um, okay. And and if you include um, other code that is not part of the reprinting or self-replicating aspect it has a different name and that's, that's that's common in genomics that's where the name came from i'm trying to remember what it's called are you talking about mutation no it's like a bit of it's like a bit of genetic code which self-replicates and also contains other instructions which are not part of the replication process are you talking about transposable elements transposons um not quite Card. Hang on. Bro, what's up with Discord searches? There's someone I know that I was talking about it with and I can't find the result. I mean, I, I can't read your mind and guess the word you're thinking yeah. of. It might not I'll even be it. in my vocabulary. What's the code? I've wrote one in Python. Um, might be on my other computer though. 
Intron, an Intron. Oh yeah, and and an Intron is just non-coding DNA. Like you, you have like Introns and Exons, and like an Intron yeah. is going yeah. to be. Uh, it's 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 so so like a like an exon is going to be something that codes for protein, and then an intron is going to be something that influences the coding of protein, but doesn't directly code for it. I got to look this up. For, like, do you for, do you in the replication of genes, as far as I'm aware. What? Uh, as far as I'm aware, it's used in the replication of genes. Yeah, it is. Hold on, I got I got to brush up on this. If I if I attach my arbitrary code to an intron and then manage to like hook that into the existing genetic code, then I can run arbitrary code on the cell. Going for that arbitrary execute arbitrary code execution. Essentially, I I would like to build a biological computer. Oh, I've heard about this before. I, I'm a little bit skeptical. Like you're talking about getting DNA to, to you're, you're, you're you're trying to think of like putting having some sort of Turing complete mechanism inside of a living cell, right? Yeah, essentially, because like all um, of the cells are running the same genetic code, and so if if you can have it so that way you can influence like or, or control like what what kind of um, responses a cell will have to certain inputs, you can use it to perform computations. Yeah. So the the my issue with this is like like uh in order in order to have a computer you're actually going to have to have uh like some sort of read write capability right where yeah, um like I don't by classical computers yeah in in the same sense that like we use um classical computers to interface with quantum computers like yeah. you like because because you can have the same genetic code running on like hundreds of millions of cells. You can, it's like a yeah. multi-threaded system, and so you have like the single-threaded classical computer, like coordinating and interfacing with the super multi-threaded biological system. I think that would be super cool. Yeah, I, I think on. that if is you it, were if you were to do something like this, I, I would think literally a read-write head or or Cas9 or whatever. One of them is like a literally a read-write head. Mm. Um, it, it does it it, it does it does recognize foreign DNA, splice it, and incorporate it into its own genome. So, yeah, I suppose so. But um, like like if you were to have, try to have a biological computer, I feel like the input would have to be inserting um um printed DNA into the cell, and then the output would have to be lysing and killing the cells and doing shotgun sequencing on the entire thing. And so, like, I, I I imagine if you were to try to do this, you you would have to basically the input would be inserting DNA into the cell, and the output would be sequencing the DNA in the cells. Well, I think I think it would be cool to combine that technology with um, machine learning, and then essentially have an artificial brain in some sense, and so you can program the cells to behave like neurons and be supported by other cells. And then you can program the neural structure to learn and train it on stuff. Okay, so I, you, if if you're just going to make nerve cells, right, like in a petri dish, basically performing calculations. 
Yeah, but be, to, to be able to like reprogram the the code of the cells so that way when they die it'll reform into like some kind of different sequence. So I mean, like like to paraphrase Richard Dawkins, like it takes it takes a, a like a team of scientists and researchers a budget of millions of dollars and several years in order to create a supercomputer, but a woman can make a even more powerful, um, uh, like, like computational machine with only, with, uh, no research, nine months of development and only a little bit of help from a friend. Yeah. And that's kind of the, and, and so like, like in a lot of ways, like, like what if we had some sort of like biological entity that was capable of performing calculations or using neurons? And I'm just like, are you describing every animal ever? No, but that's my point. Is like rather than having, because like the 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 brain of the animal um, yeah. is has to be supported in some way, and that's why they have well, even even though it happened in reverse, right? Like there, there was there was cells, and they got more complex, and then they developed the ability to like do stuff, and then eventually to coordinate more complex behavior. They had they developed brains and stuff. But what if what if we now take it one step further? And rather than having to support all of this extra hardware to support the brain, we just directly support a brain that can be directly re be reprogrammed. Like it, it can either be retrained with yeah. the current genetic code, or to take it one step further, you can even reprogram the cells with new uh, genetic code to modify how it functions. I mean, I I could I'm down with this idea of of, of uh like nerve cells in a petri dish performing calculations that seems a little bit more plausible than trying to uh rather rather than trying to get the inside of a cell uh to perform calculations using dna like i probably think that um like nerve cells in a petri dish might be a more practical way of trying to do this i got it well i want to do a bit of both you guys you're done um by the way, are we are we being recorded right now? Because I, I see like two bots in chat. Yes. Yeah, that's from the debate, the event. Don't worry. Is it still recording? Yeah, I think it is. Okay. Don't worry. National security. But yeah, it would be that would be cool. <clears throat> Can you hear me? Yep. Okay, cool. You know, I'm okay, surprised guys, they didn't okay. get after me for talking in the uh, talking in the event at the end of it without actually well, signing up for it. Yeah, it was the last topic was like we didn't have an against, and so we, it just turned into a discussion. Um. But yeah. The, oh, imagine that there aren't there aren't any eugenicists who are opposed to modern medicine. Um, yeah, we just didn't, we only had one person yeah, that wanted to do the topic in general. Um, what was I saying? It was, oh yeah, basically, it's, you know, you know the, you wouldn't download a car meme? Yeah. Yeah, the piracy one? Yeah. It, in this case, it's like, you wouldn't download a GPU, but what if you could? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just, just grow, grow better hardware using better genetic code. Can can I download an internet? You you can download a faster network card, <laughs> or like download more RAM. That that could legitimately be a thing. 
Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> what, because you're 3D printing it? Yeah. Yeah. You have a biological 3D printer that, like, prints basic cells, and then you can, um, like, use a custom genetic code and stuff. I don't know. It'd be cool. Do you know that DNA printers are a thing? Yeah, I did. Yeah. 